Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of This Week in Innovation. Today, I'm flying solo as Brian's out doing VC things, and I have an old friend of the program, Michael Zakur, and we are going to be talking about immersive retail. Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, Jeff. It's good to be back on the show. Very well. I hope you're, hope you're doing good, too. I am doing fantastic. I'm in full NRF prep, Michael. I'm starting to schedule already, trying to write up all the thought leadership pieces for 2023, trying to think through what are going to be the big trends, which is what our conversation today is going to be about. Michael, why don't you, I think most people probably that listen to the pod know you, but go ahead and just re- reintroduce yourself and then tell us what the heck immersive commerce is, or immersive retail is. Sure. Yeah. So I'm the founder of Five New Digital. We are a retail and digital commerce consulting firm. I've been in the e-commerce world for 26 years, literally since day one of Web 1.0. I also was very early into Chinese e-commerce. I was on the ground living in China in 2004 when Alibaba launched Taobao. And so really spent the, uh, the last quarter century understanding the integration of online retail and offline retail and really coming to the view that, hey, today more than ever, retail is everywhere. And I think there's still a tendency in in the industry to, when we use the word retail, mean a physical store as opposed to other types of retail. But retail is everywhere. And that's really what the importance of immersive retail and immersive commerce is. To really jump right into it, I'd put it this way. When we think about e-commerce, you have to ask yourself, what's really changed over the last 20 years through the experience? And and the argument is not a whole lot. So let's put it this way. Imagine you walked into your favorite physical fashion store, and there's only one employee working there. And that one employee is the cashier. And they know nothing about the products, nothing about the prices, nothing about the fits. Their only purpose and their only capability is to ring up your purchase. And this same store has no fitting room, no one to answer questions, no one to tell you you look great in that outfit or to suggest matching shoes, right? Imagine that. What kind of an experience is that? Well, that's largely the experience we all have in e-commerce today, right? And that's it, guys. You're, right? you're baiting it's, me, Michael. You're baiting me. I'm trying to be a good boy now. I'm trying to embrace all pieces of retail, but you're baiting me. Well, feel free to, to take a chump, Jeff, flesh to give. That's really what we experience, right? In e-commerce, it's we scroll, we click on a picture, we scroll, we click on a picture, And then maybe, and the maybe is big, we buy something. And why is the maybe so big? Because your average website, even after all the brilliance and promise of digital advertising and performance marketing, et cetera, et cetera, we're still working on a two to 3% conversion rate. Now, let's contrast that with a physical store. And thankfully, the reality is when we walk into a physical store, the cashier is not the only person working there. And in a well-run physical environment, you have enthusiastic, knowledgeable, engaged associates, people who can help you with prices, people who can help you find the product you're looking for, fitting rooms where you can change if you like to. And obviously today, if they don't have something in stock, they can pull up their tablet and say, well, let's just order from the store next door and you'll get it tomorrow. And why do we love shopping in physical stores? Because it is immersive. It encompasses all of our senses, sight and smell and our desires and our fears and interactions with human beings and shopping with other people. And that's the beauty of physical retail. 
right? And we have not yet been able to translate that experience into e-commerce. We have not. Now, at the same time, customers do have higher expectations of what the immersive experience in a store is, okay? People walk into a store expecting a higher level of digital applications, in-store tech, things that are going to wow them, right? So if we look at things like the North Face having a cold room in their store, when you can walk in and try on the jacket and it's 20 degrees and snowing in that room, that's just cool. That's fun, right? Or being able to play hoops at a Nike store or having that interface between your physical store and your online experience. So there's a higher level of expectation of an immersive experience, even in the physical store. So what we're really talking about here is it needs to be more immersive in the store and online and certainly more immersive as you integrate the two. And that's really what immersive retail is about and is why I think it is going to have its moment to come out and shine. My biggest prediction for 2023 is that immersive commerce becomes table stakes and not a luxury. Okay, big words. What Do you have a definition of what immersive commerce is? <clears throat> yeah, I drew my definition of immersive commerce simply because I felt like I was always talking to clients and brands and retailers with a word salad of terms that they really didn't understand or comprehend very well. So I'd be out there talking about things like augmented reality, extended reality, virtual reality, the metaverse, live streaming, and having to explain all of those individually and what they mean and what they're capable of doing in the online offline retail environment became increasingly difficult for me. And I said, well, how do we put this in a better way? And I think immersive commerce is the umbrella term that we can use to describe all of those technologies and all of those enhanced experiences. So how does VR help you? Very simple. I can tell a shoe brand that you can very easily set it up so that I can point my phone at my shoes and virtual reality or augmented reality will show me what your shoes look like on my feet. And I can tell my watch brand that by pointing the camera at my wrist, I can see what the watches look like on my wrist, okay? So all these things that are ultimately going to change the online, offline, and it's both. It's the online shop and offline shopping experience. What is going to enhance your immersive experience in a physical store? And what is going to, here's another way to put it. What is going to make online shopping feel more like shopping in a store and what is going to make shopping in a store feel more like shopping in a digital environment and it's that intersection that becomes immersive commerce interesting so as the analyst which takes all the fun out of all the crazy predictions if immersive well, would you want to see immersive commerce have a revenue forecast? We can forecast physical. We have we can forecast physical sales really well. We can e forecast e-commerce sales. Would we have a, a forecast for revenue for immersive commerce, or is it more an overarching term to say almost retailers' version of digital transformation, which it sounds a lot like? Yeah. No, we already have some numbers and metrics in place that you can look at. Okay. Oh, my language. Uh, what metrics? 
okay, so let's look at live streaming, for instance, okay? Live streaming is one of the best examples of immersive commerce. Instead of just scrolling through a two-dimensional endless scroll on a website, when a brand does a live stream, okay, the audience is able to interact in real time with the host, to ask questions, to make jokes, to send emojis, to ask, right? So live streaming is not just a way to sell product, but it's a CRM tool, it's a community building tool, et cetera, et cetera. So what do the numbers tell us? The average live stream has a 20 to 30% conversion rate. So how does that look against your two to 3% conversion rate on a website? I'll take it a step further. We did a live stream for a very high profile doyen of the New York fashion world last November. And we did the live stream from her flagship store in the meatpacking district. The end result was we sold more in that one hour live stream than that store normally sells in two weeks of operations. But here's the kicker. In the four weeks that followed the live stream, store traffic was up 30%. Store conversions were up 28%. Foot traffic for the next three months was up an average of 15%. And basket size in-store increased by 15%. So those are some really cool metrics that you can say, hey, look, immersive commerce that blends the store and live streaming not only sells the product in real time, but had a knock-on effect for months afterwards in the store itself, for one example. Right, so why? L listen, the thing here is immersive commerce is not a solution. Uh, what do they say, Jeff? Is it a solution looking for a problem, <laughs> right? This is a real problem. And the problem is that no matter how you cut it, conversion rates stink. The consumer acquisition cost has gone through the roof over the last two years, seeing inflation of 100, 200, 300%. Returns are at an all-time high. Return costs are high. Profitability in retail is a tough proposition, whether you're online or offline. So the question is, how do we solve this? Well, how about we make shopping fun? And how about we get the consumer to transition from buying to actually shopping? And where do these tools come in? What's the one consumer demand that we've seen emerge in the last few years? It's simply, there's only one left, spoil me or else. The consumer is saying, spoil me or else I will find a brand, a store, a provider, an experience that will. And so how do we lower CAC? How do we lower returns? How do we lower costs? How do we increase conversions? The answer is in making commerce and retail more immersive. Like we, we talk so much about experiential, but what does that really mean? It means immersing yourself in your environment. An experience can be good, bad, mediocre, but rarely is something that's immersive and done the right way, mediocre or bad. Well, interesting, because if you looked at all the technology that I'm using to put this pod on, about two thirds of it came through live streaming from B&H Photo. I want to try to push back, but I can't because I'm probably the biggest user of live streaming when it comes to getting high end technical support and sales from probably the best camera shop in the world, which is B&H Photo in downtown Manhattan. And their live streaming, I would argue, is not 
super sophisticated, but their sales team is so amazing that it's, by the way, and they've improved their quality of stream dramatically in the last year. So I guess I have to, I always hate to say this, but I guess I have to support what you're saying. It's a fundamentally transformative difference. Some of the equipment, some of this, the camera actually that I'm using, I actually bought with the old school text chat thing, but man, that ability to go get on the sales floor with content experts and walk through a camera lens or a mic or a boom stand or all this stuff, it's a game changer. And I don't know that they've spent that much on that technology, but man, is it a game changer? So you can have one superstore that now really truly serves um, a wide, wide audience. Well, Jeff, if anything about our relationship is consistent, it's that you hate to admit that the things I say are right. <laughs> well, you drug okay. You drug me to the metaverse. You're drag. You drug me to <laughs> I, live streaming. I took in the metaverse. I took you to live streaming, and by God, I'm going to drive you into immersive <laughs> commerce if it kills me. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. so there's a whole pile of technologies there, and, and as I'm driving out, trying to trying to write the script for what I'm going to be talking about at NRF. I'm a huge fan of live streaming now. I'm actually very pro metaverse, which real metaverse, not the silly stuff that we've talked about in the past. Yeah. I, and yet I'm still seeing some pushback. I'm still seeing people that are probably should know better, maybe making fun of it, maybe thinking more along the silly side, but you got to be kidding me. It's not if, it's when. And I think when mm -hmm. is probably now. I can't imagine anybody not wanting more information, or I can imagine some folks, but it's kind of like the way I look at this, it's like self-checkout. To this day, if you walk into a Knob Hill Grocery, which is a fairly high-end grocery store, who pride themselves on really, really good customer service, the self-checkout lines are as full as the, you know, the quote, full service lines. And mm -hmm. I'm in the self-checkout and my wife is in the full service. And two people, same household, same, well, actually she's smarter than I am. So that's, that's no surprise there, but she wants the customer experience. I, I just want to get in and get out. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And if I'm thinking about forecasting all this stuff, I don't know if I drive, I don't know how I drive a forecast on immersive retail, but I certainly can forecast, or I, cer I certainly can identify all those components and seeing a very significant uptake. So I don't know, I don't know if that, if I change, because I want to survey live streaming and adoption, and I definitely want to survey VR and, uh, and AR because those are individual technologies, but I can certainly, I can certainly see a ramp up to this whole different kind of a concept. And I could certainly see retailers needing to think about all this stuff, whether it's metaverse or director of immersive commerce. I do actually worrying about all these technologies because they're, you know, mm. they're coming, they're coming from different directions, but they're clearly going to be netting up into a customer experience. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't and, know. I, and I think you, you put it well too, with you in one line and your wife in the other line, Again, that, that comes back to the principle of spoil me or else. No. Give me the choice. And I don't know, as an analyst, if you can right now, where we sit today, track piece by piece the incremental growth effects of any one of these, whether it's AR, VR, metaverse, live streaming. Certainly, out of all of them, the metrics in live streaming are concrete. And the yeah. data is all there. Yeah, there's no you doubt about track it. it and no doubt about that. You, no doubt about that. The others are a bit more amorphous. What I think the way you'll track it is the companies who adopt immersive commerce versus those who don't, and then track their performance over a year or two basis. That's important. Yeah. And so the other analyst way to look at that is, and it's not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would look at that and say, you know what, anybody, any retailer that's, that is embracing that concept of immersive commerce or using pieces of that 
almost by definition are aggressive adopters of technology. And it's been my hypothesis for 20 years that the better users of technology are ultimately going to be more successful retail. And we start with small players like Walmart, Target, <laughs> Amazon. I can't, I'm not sure I can think of a uh, retailer, Alta uh, Cosmetics, have been viewed as aggressive adopters of technology that have failed. Now, there probably is somebody. And if somebody has an example, feel free to shoot me a note. But mm-hmm. those are the folks that have pushed the envelope from the get-go, even 20 years ago. Is it the fact that a retailer embraces immersive commerce that and they're successful? Or is it the fact that they're just simply going after not the latest, greatest? I don't want to say that because I don't think this is a fad in any way, shape, or form. I think this is real technology, real real shift or more of an evolution of a retail process. It's a more, I guess what I want to say, I think it's more, na- it's a natural evolution in that the shopping cart was a major transformation in what, in 1931, the elevator or escalator was another big transformation. And in the last 150 years of retail, the transformations came in 10 and 15 year increments. Now mm-hmm. they're coming in, in 10 or 15 month increments. And I think this e-commerce, but all these pieces, I just are so logical. And it's interesting to net them up in, into, into this term. I like this term. It makes sense. And anything that cheerleads on retailers being more innovative and retailers getting credit for being innovative, I think I'm definitely a fan of. Yeah. And l- look, and I do want to emphasize that immersive retail includes both the physical and digital environments and where the two connect. So when you think about grocery stores who include restaurants where you can actually pick the products off the shelf and they'll cook it for you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner right in front of you, that include pizza making machines. And they include one of my favorites that we did a few years ago is we transformed the sampling process Um, at a cosmetics retailer. And basically what we did was we took the old carnival claw machine concept and we put the samples in the claw machine and you would scan your QR code on the machine and it would give you unlimited tries to get your sample and you get your sample. But now we've captured all of your information. We've got the CRM. We made it. So if you want to call it gamification, but boy, isn't that more immersive? Yeah then someone just handing you a tube, you walk away with it, and you have no idea if that person ever used the sample or came back to buy it. So, you know, it doesn't have to be these super sophisticated technologies. That's number one. Number two, it's important to remember that the technology is not the end, it's a means. And I think where some companies stumble a little bit is they think that the technology is what's going to change their fortune. It's not. It's becoming more consumer centric and obsessed. And if the technology helps you achieve, that's the win, right? And so I think these winners that you're talking about at their core are consumer obsessed and they understand the adoption of these technologies and these tools are what help get them there and keep them there and advance them ahead of the competition. In terms of all or nothing, let's just talk about the metaverse a little bit because it is an important element of immersive commerce. Okay. What we're seeing out there right now is, I think, two competing camps with their view in terms of retail about the metaverse. Those who think it's an absolute low, that it's a con game, that there's no there, and it's just to be ignored. And on the other side, you have a group of rose-colored glasses, true believers, who think that this is the future And I encourage everybody, you and I included, to keep a steady mind here and realize that the truth is somewhere in between that. As in literally everything in life. 
<laughs> everything well, in life. Well, as in literally everything is... in life, but the, the... In, in a world where black and white has never been blacker or whiter, yeah. whether it's politics or <laughs> the social contract, that middle ground, we thrive on division. So in terms of the metaverse for retail, these are early days and it just takes a little bit of imagination to understand how these virtual environments, by the way, which don't need headsets, common misconception, <laughs> there are metaverse retail environments and experiences that are available on 7 billion mobile devices globally that don't need a headset that give you spatiality, that give you the avatar, that give you the ability to try things on. That's number one. Number two, you and I have talked about this before, there is no metaverse yet. There are hundreds of disparate elements and experiments taking place in what may become something that's a more whole metaverse as we think we'll come to understand it in the future. But for my money, to not at least experiment. And by the way, it's not as if there's no proof out there. If you look at what PacSun is doing, what Brie Olson is doing out there with PacSun in Metaverse, everything from Roblox to their NFT, they're killing it. And another area that we're looking at immersive commerce is news out this week that Mr. B, who has 110 million followers, number four globally on YouTube, they're, he's just jumping into all sorts of new retail categories. He opened Beast Burger here in New Jersey a few months ago. But the bigger thing is these guys are going from just selling merch to using technology to create interactive new retail touch point. This is a guy who seemingly everything he touches turns to gold. And so what we're talking about is, I think, creator commerce is the new term or creator retail. And so that's immersive. Dealing, being on a Mr. Beast video and being able to buy stuff in real time and have that translate to his physical source. But again, just... I think if we keep it to the simplest level, there are a lot of new technologies and tools out there that enhance the online retail experience as well as the in-store experience and help connect them. And that umbrella term for that is immersive commerce. Yeah. How do we turn 2D, flat, boring shopping experiences online and offline into more three-dimensional, fun experiences? So in your world, in, in your worldview, would you see a director of immersive commerce versus a director of metaverse for a retail retail title, new retail title? I think so, because listen, I know there's a lot of people who've taken on the director of metaverse title right now, and perhaps, or they may or may not include these other um, things we're talking about in their portfolio, but I think both from a filling a position at a firm, or if you're a brand manager or a retailer thinking about this or a consumer, immersive commerce is a, a broader concept that really captures the true nature of what we're trying to get at here. Because metaverse environments and characters are only one part of the larger immersive. I'm on the record here saying that I think immersive commerce will be the trigger, not just the metaverse, that will fundamentally change the relationship we have with digital shopping and the connection between the online and offline experience. So if I am using a augmented reality app, as I just did at the Home Depot, looking at a toolbox, and would that fit in my garage? And that's a that's a, an augmented reality because I just take a picture of the item and I forget how I did it, whatever. I, mean, I could visually put that toolbox into my garage and see if it would fit. That's augmented reality, but I'm in a physical store or I say... 
maybe I was back home or something. I shot it. I shot it, and then I could put that item in. That's augmented reality. Is that a metaverse application? It would certainly be an immersive commerce application. No, that's an immersive commerce. Yeah. See, that, yeah, it doesn't require any kind of world building. Interesting. You're right. Right. Now, you made now, the case. I'll give you the. You sold right, I'll give that. you the. I'll give you the reverse of that. We have a client in the home goods space, and we just finished building an augmented reality application for them that does the exact opposite. You can take the picture of your living room and upload it to the website and see what the bureau and the fan and the grandfather clock are going to look like there. That is a very different experience shopping online than simply scrolling, looking at a picture, scrolling, looking at a picture. So your example is perfect and the opposite where you can actually put your room into the furniture online. Those are immersive commerce experiences. Two would, perfect examples. Would your example though, would that not be a metaverse application? Cause you're putting it into a digital world. I mean, it's your, it's no, a iteration yeah, of. Yeah, no, the difference is well, we're really talking about metaverse. And again, you know me, I'm not one to try and pigeonhole what the metaverse is right because it is a lot of things but where we stand right now generally speaking it's a world that you're walking into now if that same home goods retailer that i had mentioned had built a full 3d store environment where your avatar could walk into the store and walk around and shop and touch things and bring that picture with you into that fully built world and then do the same thing I said, that would be more of a metaverse environment. Okay. So with the AR, VR, ER, the 3D spatiality, all of that is is not quite in the metaverse, but here's the thing, all of those things that I just mentioned can be included in metaverse environments, but are not dependent on a metaverse environment to be utilized. Now, you made the case, I buy it. Because it has to be, you have to embrace that augmented reality capability for furniture, for sure, for home, even tools. I just, it's so logical to take a picture of my workbench and then how does this stuff fit? No, I buy that. So is there anybody that has that in their title today? Director I don't of, know of a single director of immersive commerce, but if anybody's listening and you have a good enough first. offer, <laughs> I could give up on this five new digital thing and, and come in and help you out. Yeah, and just Jeff, the, the reality is, all these things that I'm talking about right now are things we're actually doing for and with our yeah. clients right now. Yeah. I'm not projecting a year or two out. Yeah. These are There's not one thing I mentioned today that we are not doing for a brand or retail client in, in, in Five New Digital. Not one. Yeah. Interesting. No, I buy it. It makes sense. I, it really makes sense. And you made the case on that for sure. What do you? All right. So next week, join Jeff and I <laughs> as I try to convince him that ketchup on a hot dog is okay. On a pizza is okay. Um, I have had pineapple on a pizza. I wouldn't say it's okay, but I'll tell you what. If it's the last piece of pizza there, I'm for sure eating it. It's the next morning. <laughs> hot dog. Not ketchup on a hot dog. No, but barbecue sauce for sure, without a doubt. All no right. doubt about that. Well, in, in wrapping up, what do you think? What do you think is going to be the big story to NRF? Have you started to put your 2023? Yeah, I started on? doing my. NRF thinking, I think there are a couple things that you're going to see have fallen out of favor. I think the dream of instant delivery circling the drain right now. Very expensive. Um, Very expensive. Very expensive, not practical. And by the way, these are a couple of things that I do my every year list of what I think will happen and what won't work. The two I had on my list over the last two years, instant delivery and buy now, pay later. 
just never believed in either concept. So I think the uh, BNPL, those are fading to the background. Based it, what I've heard and seen at the other shows I've gone to this year, including Shop Talk, I do think that live streaming is going to be another have its moment, a big topic. I also think metaverse is going to be a big topic. In a little bit more of an inside baseball point of view, I think inventory is going to be on everybody's mind, right? There's always the stuff we like to talk about at NRF, what's coming, and then we have to talk about what's reality. And I think inventory is the elephant in the room. And what's that going to mean for this holiday season into the next year? The bottom line is, I think everybody at NRF should be talking about two things which is how do we do a better job on the two great enablers? By, by that, how do we get our tech stack, our IT, our digital tools and our data science right? And how do we get our supply chain logistics and fulfillment right? Because if we don't get those right as retailers, we're gonna have a really hard time competing and making profit because all the headwinds in those areas are against you if you're not attacking them head on. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Probably a good place to put a pin in it until the next time. Michael, how can people get a hold of you if they want to find out more about immersive commerce? Sure. You can go to fivenewdigital.com. You can follow me at Michael Zakor at Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn, and I don't stand on ceremony. My phone and my texts are open 24-7. Thanks, Jeff, for having me on again. My pleasure, for sure, and looking forward to delving deeper into this immersive commerce technology. Thanks again, Michael. Talk to you later. Thanks for giving today's pod a listen and now a view. For more info, check out the show notes, and please give us a five-star rating and subscribe, as the kids say. It really helps us grow. If you'd like to be a guest, send me a note. We're always looking for innovative thought leaders and startups really doing interesting things. And make sure to come back for next week's episode.